The Dodgers came back from four runs in the ninth inning to win in the tenth inning, and it might not even be the biggest story of the day because Kike Hernandez is back in Dodger blue. What does that mean for him? What does that mean for the Dodgers? And what does that mean for the rest of the trade deadline? All that's coming up, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Swing for the fences on sleeper picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms are used for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. We're here every week, every Monday through Friday for you, wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. And if you want to join the club called the everydayers, the people that listen every day, you can make it easy on yourself by subscribing in each of those places and be notified when our new episodes are up. If this is your first time listening, watching, I'm Vince Amperio, and that's my co-host Jeff Snyder. And if it is your first time listening, watching, you have picked quite the episode to start your Locked On Dodgers journey. Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans that uh, have covered the team, that have watched the team, that have been in the press box, in the locker room, been in a lot of places to watch the Dodgers and watch the Dodgers from a lot of different places. And uh, last night was one of the reasons that you be a Dodger fan because that game, well, maybe not the whole game, but at least the ending was fun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, it had promising moments. It had frustrating moments. It had scary moments. It had exciting moments. And uh, the most exciting moment was the end. And that's the way we like it. Yeah. Uh, caveat on this first one. We know the Dodgers acquired Kiki Hernandez. We're definitely going to talk about that. But when you come back from four runs in the ninth inning uh, and then win it in the 10th, especially against a team like the Jays who are, you know, up there, a pretty good team. You got to talk about that first. And it was one of those games that was, you know, frustrating from the start. Julio gave up a run in the first. He ended up giving up two more runs uh, on a home run by Bo Bichette and it, in the third inning, and it looked like it might be, you know, a bad Julio start. He ended up saving himself, getting through six, you know, giving the Dodgers a quality start. And the Dodgers just couldn't get anything going offensively other than the two runs they had. But at least they looked like they were going to have a chance going into the later innings. And then Justin Brule gave up a three-run double in the top of the ninth, and it looked like the Dodgers were going to lose seven to three. But a combination of some hits, a couple of timely mistakes from the from the Jays, and uh, Will Smith running through a stop sign, and all that led to four runs in the ninth inning, and the Dodgers forcing extra innings. And uh, yeah, I believe they said it was the first time the Dodgers have come back from four runs in the ninth since the four plus one game which also ended in the 10th inning, uh, but that one ended on a home run. Outman's just missed the home run to make it a little bit similar. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. You know, between Julio not quite being his, his great self, he was better than he's been, obviously better than he was last time when he had the worst start of his career, better than he's been at times, but definitely nothing resembling, you know, the second half of last year that we'd love for him to get back to. You had that. You had Caleb Ferguson giving up a run for the first time in a while. You had Justin Brule just getting lit up. And it's like, 
the Dodgers had no business winning this game. And yet they refused to give up. They obviously they got some lucky breaks. When you hit a ground ball at Matt Chapman, most of the time that's a game ending double play. Uh, luckily for Will Smith, he got a lucky hop that uh, a bad bounce that so the ball hit Chapman in the chest instead of in the glove. And then you know that the play the, the play that they tied the game on wasn't so much luck. You know, uh, it, it's a nice hit by Chris Taylor that. Vlad Guerrero did a great job to keep the ball in the infield. Like realistically, Vlad should have saved the game with that play, uh, at least for one more batter by keeping that ball in the infield. Um, Espinal just got caught flat footed. Just, I don't know if he forgot there was runners on or just, you know, saw out of the corner of his eye, Dino Abel holding his hands up <laughs> with the stop sign, but he just never even like he, he got caught flat footed and Smith never stopped running, uh, I mean, it's bad, bad, bad base running by Will Smith, uh, but it worked out. And sometimes that aggressiveness, uh, it, it was one of the things where it was so bad that it caught the other team by surprise, I think. Like, there's no way he should be going on this. And then he did, and and he scored easily. Uh, it, it was crazy. Once they tied that up, it's like, wow, they might really win this game. And then in the 10th inning, uh, it was the Kevin Kiermeyer show and that Kiermeyer got himself thrown out at home with a terrible slide where – a regular slide in the home plate. He's safe by a foot and a half, uh, forced his manager to look like an idiot by challenging a block at the play call, a block at the, blocking the plate call when uh, Smith was, uh, I think Smith made two football moves between when he caught the ball and when he got to the plate. Uh, that's how not blocking the plate he was. Uh, but, you know, Blue Jays, yeah, let's challenge everything. Sure, let's see if anything sticks. Uh, and then in the and then in the bottom of the 10th, Kiermaier, almost makes a game-saving catch and instead misses it, and the game's over. Uh, just, it was a wild game and so much fun. Like, when Justin Brewer was getting lit up, it was like, oh, we came so close. The Dodgers kept pulling with them one run, and then, you know, something would happen. And then that time, a three-run double, like, come on. And when it happens because Brewer couldn't throw strikes, like, it was, Ugh! and then the offense to respond the way they did, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a great game, and you know when it when it comes down, well, in the tenth inning, like the only reason the play was close was because Mookie threw it so far offline. Like if I don't, that was a curious end to me in general, especially with Mookie. The ball was hit relatively hard. Mookie was playing, you know, maybe a little more more shallow than normal, or at least the ball was hit hard enough to where it looked like it. If Mookie just makes a normal throw online, Kiermaier's out. The fact that it was so close was just because it was uh, offline and Will Smith had to move over. And even then, Will Smith, you know, it, it was an interest, like, calculate. it felt like calculated move, like the way he moved. Because, like, when he first moved in real time, I'm like, Smith, why are you moving so It looked like he was moving slow, uh, but it ended up working out because they got him out. So that's all that matters. Yeah, and Mookie's throw was offline, but it was very strong. And so, you know, I, I guess you'll take that. Got it so... <laughs> Got it there in so much time that Smith did have time to run 37 feet back to the plate to to tag Kiermaier out. But uh, it was, yeah, it, it was just a good example of how everything with the Dodgers way between a ball bouncing off Chapman's chest, ball bouncing off uh, Guerrero's glove, uh, the the getting that play at home to get Kiermaier. And like, it was just the Dodgers night. And it was one of those things. Baseball's a dumb sport sometimes, but tonight, the dumb sport went in our favor, and so it's okay. Yeah, and I just talked about last night how people were upset that the Dodgers didn't bunt with Max Muncy. 
and the Dodgers did bunt today in extra innings with Yanni Hernandez, and he and they won. Fence. That's all yeah. that needs to be said. Yeah. They bunted well, and they won. Well, foolproof plan. Bunting works. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's one of those things where that's exactly what I what I mean when I talk about bunting is like. These guys, nobody bunts anymore. Nobody's used to bunting. You're not always going to, you know, it's hard. And Yanni Hernandez is actually a, a decent bunter. And yeah. and he popped it up. You know, like, it, it, uh, that was, uh, honestly, that's the one instance where I am totally in favor of a bunt there. You have a guy who is a good bunter, who is very unlikely to get an actual hit. Uh, and one run literally wins the game. It's a tie game, bottom of extra innings. That is the one situation where a sack bunt is a good idea. Uh, but even then... You still have to execute. And he didn't, you know, it's people talk about things like it's just, just bunt them over, you know, well, you know what bunts don't work a hundred percent of the time. And it's not nearly as close to a hundred percent as the pro bunt crowd would want you to believe. Yeah. So that will remain on that, uh, on that Hill. So next up, Kiki Hernandez is a Dodger again. We thought that was going to be the main star of the show and it still is the main brunt of the show, uh, but just got, you know, a little bit of shine taken off by the Dodgers coming back and winning. So Kiki Hernandez talk is up next. So keep it locked on Dodgers. Check out Sleeper and download the Sleeper app because you can have the chance to win more money with less picks. Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. What does that mean? Well, you pick some of your favorite players or players that you believe in. And then you choose what stats you want to judge them on or choose them for. And then you choose if they're going to have, uh, you know, above or below that. So, you know, Freddie Freeman, one hit. If you think they're going to get more, than, or it'll probably be 0.5, 1.5 hits. If you're going to get two hits, you go up. Mookie, 0.5 home runs, you think he's going to homer. You go up. You know, J.D. Martinez, you think he's going to homer, 0.5 homer. You go up. And you can pick up to eight, and you can win up to 100 times your money playing daily fantasy baseball with Sleeper. His Sleeper's now offering up to 100-time payout for up to eight-pick contests. Choose up to eight players, more or less on your favorite stats. Get your picks right, and you could win big. So go check out the Sleeper app right now. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy, and the withdrawals are safe and fast. So remember, Sleeper app, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. So that's a 100-time payout and hundred dollar match on your first deposit with the promo code locked on with the sleeper app terms and conditions apply see sleepers term of use for details currently operational in over 30 states check out sleeper today thank you for making lockdown dodgers your first listen of the day and becoming every day or by listening every single day you can find us where you found podcasts and on youtube and remember, if you cannot watch the Dodgers and you want to listen to them, SiriusXM and the SXM app can help you out. All you got to do is search Dodgers, and you can listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game. Some of you may be at work for today's game, which is at 1 p.m. So if you can't watch and you want to listen, SiriusXM or the SXM app, search Dodgers. All right, Jeff. Now we talk about Kike Hernandez, who the rumor had – or the, the first we heard of it was – Last week when Fabian Ardaya had him in an article as one of the players, you know, the Dodgers may be looking at. I, I don't remember if we were together or I was alone, but I, you know, kind of just, I didn't dismiss it, but it was just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, Kiki Hernandez. It, 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 it was a weird one because he's not having a great season 
overall, offensively, defensively. And, you know, you could say that the Dodgers don't weren't looking for somebody specifically like him. Uh, But either way, Dodgers got Kiki Hernandez. They traded Nick Robertson and Justin Hageman, who was a minor league pitcher for the OKC Dodgers. The Red Sox paid two and a half million of Kike's, about three and a half million that he had left. So breaking that all down, it's a good trade for the Dodgers in the fact that they didn't give up much and they're not paying him much. And if they can figure something out with him or if he can have just a couple of those clutch moments he uh, became known for his first go around with the Dodgers, then uh, it might work out for them. Yeah. Uh, Kike is not having a great season. Like you said, uh, on the other hand, he is having a terrible season. So there's that, uh, he's, I mean, he's been really, 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 really bad this year so far. Uh, but the, the one thing that maybe gives you hope, obviously Kike loved being a Dodger back when he was a Dodger. Sometimes a changer change of senior can help. He would be not expected to be a starter and an everyday player. And honestly, he maybe was more successful in that, that previous role where he wasn't, I mean, he, he was very good his first year with the Red Sox. Um, but overall his best offensive seasons, uh, came when he was uh, with the Dodgers as a part-time player. And and so going back to that, and Dave Roberts said that their hitting team thinks that they see something in Kiki Hernandez that they can help him figure things out. And really that's what it's going to come down to. On the field, uh, the only way Kike makes sense is if they can fix him at least somewhat because uh, the version of Kike that has been playing for the Red Sox so far this year isn't an upgrade over pretty much anybody. Uh, I guess it would be an upgrade over Austin Barnes, but hashtag let Kike catch, I guess. Um, hey, Kike is backup catcher. Hmm, not bad. Um, but but other than that, it's like they need to fix something if it's going to actually work out well on the field. Yeah, and, you know, well, first off, you know, the, the re- you had a, a split decision on Dodgers social media you know, fans and everything with people excited that Kike is back in general. And then people, people mad that he is back in, in general, for those reasons you mentioned, but it's one of those where one, this doesn't preclude the Dodgers from making any more moves. And Dave Roberts said as much, he said, they're still, you know, looking for a right-handed bat. This essentially, if they get another bat, means like Kike over like Yanni Hernandez. You know, Yanni Hernandez can play third, short, second. Kike can play third, short, second, and outfield. So essentially, if you think he's better than Yanni Hernandez, then, you know, Kike is an upgrade in that sense uh, overall. You know, obviously, the Dodgers, you know, still have them, still have moves to make or still you would think have moves to make in order to improve the overall offensive aspect of it. But yeah, it comes down to... Change of scenery, which is, you know, you never really know. Cody Bellinger's having a great year with the Cubs, and, you know, maybe that helped him out. Joey Gallo kind of had it for like a week or two with the Dodgers last year after leaving New York. Didn't really work out. He's having a weird season in Minnesota, but, you know, better than he was with the Yankees. So, you know, maybe that does count for something. And then, yeah, if they can unlock something in his swing that they, whatever they see, then it all works out. And, you know, he's going to play against left-handed pitchers, which means he's not going to play that often or as often as, you know, if he was facing right-handed pitchers. 
And really, honestly, if the defense is strong enough and he can just come up with a few hits here and there, it works out for the Dodgers, especially with the give up, what they're paying for them. And if not, you know, they've had that mistake before. You know, they had that thing. They had it go like that with Joey Gallo last year. It didn't quite work out. And that's not really the reason the Dodgers didn't, you know, win in the playoffs. But you know, it's part of it. But regardless, it's a low-cost move that doesn't preclude them from making any more moves. It brings back a fan favorite. And, uh, you know, if you remove all, like, the baseball terms of it, it's going to be fun to have Kiki Hernandez back. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you talk about who he's replacing specifically on the roster. You know, we knew when they, when they announced that they were trading for Kike, they, they didn't need to make the roster move on two on what day? Tuesday. Tuesday. Man, I, when I'm on vacation, I don't know what day it is. They didn't need to make a move on Tuesday because Kike wasn't there yet, but, Kike is starting today in the day game for the Dodgers. So they're going to need to make a roster move. And we knew it was going to be either Yanni Hernandez or Johnny DeLuca. And most likely it was going to be DeLuca anyway, because uh, DeLuca is a guy. I mean, he wouldn't even be in, on the big league roster right now. If Mariznick hadn't gotten hurt, uh, they want DeLuca getting regular at bats. So it was going to be him. And then DeLuca ended up getting hurt in Tuesday night's game, pulled his hamstring. Dave Roberts already said it's an IL stint, and so that makes that decision for them. I guess good news for DeLuca in a way because it means that he gets major league pay instead of minor league pay for the next little bit. Uh, major league injured list, is a, it's a pretty lucrative place to be for a, for a young guy. Obviously, it's not ideal for his playing time, but, uh, but yeah, as far as actual practical whose spot is he taking, Yanni Hernandez – like it, it's hard to see much point to having Yanni Hernandez on the roster anymore. And which makes me think, okay, does this, does the Kike move also mean Miguel Vargas is coming back up or some, you know, somebody who actually has potential to contribute, you know, Hernandez is on the roster because of his versatility a little bit and, and all that. But when you've got Mookie and Chris Taylor and Kike, uh, Yanni Hernandez is, unnecessary on the big league roster. So uh, I'll be interested to see. And obviously it could be another bat that, that they acquire at the trade deadline that uh, pushes Johnny Hernandez off the roster. But I expect something to push Johnny Hernandez off the roster in the next week or so, whether it is somebody from outside the organization or somebody from, from triple a. Yeah. One of those names uh, that might be is Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson uh, was activate or, activated for rehab and then he went to okc his first game with okc he doubled his first at bat he homered his second at bat again that's not you know somebody that you're like oh man i'm excited to get trace thompson back so i would imagine yanni might stick around for the next week maybe as as trace thompson works his way you know back and if the dodgers don't acquire somebody else then maybe you know go down to thompson or vargas coming back up and Yanni going down. Vargas has continued to hit down there in OKC and, you know, maybe the confidence is back up. But if he did come back up, he likely wouldn't be playing too much, at least initially, unless Kike's not, they, you know, doesn't figure it out. And then he would get some of those at-bats that maybe Kike would get starting at second base against lefties. But regardless, uh, yeah, the Dodgers got a little bit better with this trade. How much better remains to be seen. And once again, there's still a lot more to be done that can be done, which is what we're going to finish up talking about. Just, you know, what what else? There's a week left or less than a week now. 
what are we looking for for the Dodgers to do here in this last week? So keep it locked on Dodgers. Become an everydayer and listen to us every single weekday morning. We're here for you. You can find us every fine podcast and on YouTube. Just search Locked on Dodgers. And remember, if you can't watch the Dodger game, but you want to listen to it, the home broadcast for every game is on SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. All right, Jeff, uh, any more Kike or Kike-related thoughts uh, before we move on? Uh, just one other thought that probably segues into what we're going to talk about next. You mentioned, you know, the the return, the guys that the Dodgers sent to the Red Sox in return for Kike, uh, Hagenman and Robertson. I think it's important to to emphasize that neither of those guys were going to be uh, big parts of the major league roster this year. Obviously, Robertson has been on the big league roster a couple times, uh, shown some promise, but not. I mean. It's not a big loss. And more to the point, n- neither of those guys will preclude any. I, I had somebody tell me on Twitter that the Dodgers, why are they wasting trade bullets on a guy like Kike when they need those bullets for other moves? <laughs> Nick Robertson and Justin Hagenman, yeah, I believe uh, so. they weren't going to get you Shohei Otani. They weren't going to get you Lucas Giolito. They weren't going to get you Dylan Carlson or who, whoever is on your wish list it's highly unlikely that Nick Robertson or Justin Hagenman were going to be involved in that trade that you're wishing for. Uh, and the Dodgers still have all the pieces they need to make those trades. And if they were going to be a part of any trades, they weren't going to be the sticking point. So yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they are definitely interchangeable. Those two guys are commodities, as we say in the uh, treating humans like assets business. Uh, th- those guys are a dime a dozen. And uh, so they traded two of them for, you know, two nickels, which is what Kiki is right now, I guess. Yeah, and if you're still having trouble, you know, with this move, just pretend Ryan Brazier is coming along with Kike for those two guys, and then, you know, it, it makes it all a little bit better. Yep. All right, uh, but like I said, Kike is not the only move that will be done, ideally, and it doesn't stop them from making any other, any other moves. So, it honestly didn't really change anything. The Dodgers made a slight upgrade at a, a utility position. They're still looking for a right-handed bat that could be in a lineup, and they're still looking for starting pitching, and they're still looking for relievers, although, you know, Andrew Friedman said the other day that the Dodgers would be aggressive if there was, like, a top-tier starting pitcher available or somebody to go after. They would still look for starting pitching in general, and then basically they wouldn't give up anybody big for a reliever, which is kind of something we already expected. So now that, you know, all that's still out there, Jeff, and and kind of how we've seen this starting pitching go the last, you know, basically the whole season, but at least the last few weeks. Um, yeah, what are we expecting? What are we looking for? I, I mean, I, I wish that I had a crystal ball because – they're going to be looking for starting pitching, but as everybody points out, so is every other team. Every contending team right now needs starting pitching, and so there's going to be, uh, you know, bidding wars. And when when Andrew Friedman says that for for elite talent, we'll we'll be aggressive, but for lesser guys, we're going to be what do you say, price sensitive? Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, so when you think about a guy like Lucas Giolito, who there's going to be a lot of demand for Lucas Giolito. But are the Dodgers going to give up 
elite pitcher talent for Lucas Giolito? Probably not, but they also need starting pitching. And so, I mean, they're going to have to do something. And maybe that's, I mean, Andrew Friedman's not going to say publicly, we're going to do whatever it takes to get a starting pitcher. Uh, you know, he maintaining his negotiation uh, power requires him to say, yeah, we're, we're not going to overpay. We're going to be smart. And uh, at least that's got to be the starting point when he's talking to the White Sox or the Cardinals or, you know, whoever. Uh, it's, but they got to get somebody, right? I mean, they need at least one starting pitcher and, and maybe two. Yeah. And that, and that's where, you know, a lot of the trades that have happened in recent years kind of came, I don't know, like, you know, Scherzer got some traction there toward the end, uh, you know, when it came down to like Dodgers, Padres, and then we thought we were going, he was going to the Padres and then he ends up coming to the Dodgers with Trey Turner. You know, Machado kind of got floated around. He, Machado had already been a Dodger for like a week at this point um, back then when he got traded. You know, you Darvish was the best starting pitcher available at the time that year he, the Dodgers got him, but you weren't sure the Dodgers were going to get him. And even then, that one didn't break till about 20 minutes after the deadline, you know, technically ended. So, you know, a lot of the deals that, that come forward and, and you look back and, you know, we just mentioned some huge names that the Dodgers ended up getting at the deadline. So, you know, I don't think that they're going to sit this one out if there's a name to be gotten, especially like we've talked about a lot. There's going to be in the offseason a roster crunch. There's about six or seven guys that are not top 100 prospects, but just, you know, outside the top 100, maybe in the next 100 prospects that are going to, you know, either need a 40 man spot or get put up in the rule five draft this offseason. You know, they could deal from a depth perspective in, in that sense where, you know, we can give you three or four guys that are outside the top 100, but in the next 100 rather than, you know, one guy that's in the top 100 or something like that. So, I, you know, they're going to be creative in, in how they package things and how they go after things. I would imagine that they're going to get at least one of the starting pitchers that's, you know, been mentioned, whether it's, you know, Flaherty, Montgomery, uh, you know, Giolito, one of those guys that's like not an ace, but a, at least a number two hopefully number three, depending how Kershaw comes back and how Julio pitches the rest of the way. But yeah, I'd, I'd expect to see three arms come this way, whether that's one starter and like two relievers or two starters and one reliever. I mean, last year, Chris Martin kind of came out of nowhere and ended up being one of the Dodgers best leverage relievers. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but I expect things to happen. Yeah. I'm interested to see like in 2021, when they traded for Scherzer and Trey Turner, uh, you know, Trey Turner was kind of the surprise part of that trade. And I feel like that was kind of a win-win for both teams because uh, it allowed the Dodgers to kind of justify to themselves giving up two top prospects in, in Ruiz and Gray saying, well, we're getting a pitcher, a rental pitcher and a year and a half of Trey Turner. And it allowed the Nationals to get that trade. I, you know, the Dodgers had the most to offer. Uh, the best package to offer for Scherzer uh, allowed them to get that done. And so I wonder if there will be something like that where it is, you know, uh, if it's, uh, you know, if it's including Tim Anderson in a trade with Lucas Giolito or even with Dylan Cease, you know, Dodgers may be more likely to give up elite talent for Dylan Cease than for Giolito. Uh, and then, you know, throwing Tim Anderson and it kind of maybe something works that way. Anderson has actually hit pretty well over the last few weeks. Uh, makes you think, well, maybe he figured something out. I don't know. Um, you know, something like that, that that move 
in 2021 could be kind of the framework for something we see this time where it is a bigger trade as far as number of people than we might have been expecting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, there, there's really nothing off the table, I'd say. And there's a lot of teams that are using the rest of this week to decide what they want to do. And so I don't, you know, today, obviously, a, a trade was made. I think the Braves got a couple relievers, but, you know, we haven't heard, even rumor-wise, we haven't heard much other than this team's looking for this or this team has is looking for that, which we kind of know. And this team's acquired or inquired about Shohei Otani, which the Angels won again. Now they're even close. You know, they're still close to that wild card spot. I don't expect him to. I, I don't know. I've never expected him to get traded, anyways. Uh, but regardless, I don't. Whatever happens, it's going to play out the rest of this week, and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I think is going to be where all the action starts. Yeah, and the Dodgers tonight may have made it less likely that Shohei Otani got traded because right after the Dodger game ended, I had a DM from our buddies over at Locked on Angels thanking us for the help because the Blue Jays are one of the teams that the Angels are battling for a wild card spot. So, uh, yeah, this Dodgers win was good for the Dodgers, but bad for the possibility of Shohei Otani getting traded or whatever. But uh, you're welcome, fellows at, at Locked on Angels. Those guys are good. If you if you like the Angels, also check out Locked on Angels. They do a great show. Probably the second best Locked On podcast there is behind Locked On Dodgers. A lot better than what Javi does over at Locked On Padres. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Dodgers play at 1 p.m. today. Hopefully, you know, win that. They got the day off on Thursday and then they got the Reds. Fun team here this weekend. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to become an everydayer and listen every day or as close to every day as you can. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. SiriusXM or the SXM app if you want to listen to the Dodgers home broadcast for any game you can't watch. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at LockdownDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. DMs are open on all those accounts. You can get a hold of us via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, tell your smart device to podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.